Welcome to We're Not Sisters, Internet Sleuths, episode five. Yeah, yeah. Yay. We've got two cases for you guys today. And then our fortnight is over. It was over last week, but it's still over. I'm back. (laughs) It's still over, in case you didn't know. Anyway, two cases for you all today. What's yours, Eleanor? Mine is the case of Nanette Krentel. Ooh. Mm. Interesting name. <laughs> also, this one isn't isn't well into the past, because I seem to do ones that are only in the 70s and 80s. This is 2017. So is mine. Oh, shit. How do we always happen to pick ones that have something in common? Like, we don't... We don't tell each other or consult each no. other beforehand on what we're doing. We Imagine are... if we, one day we pick the same one. It's going to happen, and when it happens, we just got to roll with it. I was thinking about that earlier, and I was like, how can that happen? Like, out of all of the unsolved murders that there have True. ever been in history, and we would pick the same one. I feel like that's a really us thing to do. True. But at the same time, I th- feel like... We'd purposely try to go for ones that the other one wouldn't pick. Yeah. So that we know we're not doing the same thing. True. We have the same brain. Yes. We're two halves of one whole. Mm. In a metaphorical sense. Not not literally. Are we though? We're not. We were. Yeah, we were conjoined twins. (laughs) And they said chop chop and split us up. They said, chop, chop. Yes. Who's going to go first today? I think you me? should go first. Yeah. yeah. We had Eleanor Fortnite, so now it's time to pass the spotlight to me. The one who deserves to be in... I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. God. It is Eleanor episode. Oh my God, it is because Only they can see me. I decided I wanted to be perceived today, so therefore you are perceiving me. I'm still Loki uh, sun-dried tomato. It, please Much check out. If you want to see Greta's sun-dried tomato in her best form, please go check out our TikTok. It's at We Not Sisters with two S's at the end, um, and it's our Westfield trip. Yeah, vlog. and you can really, really see how much of a sun-dried tomato I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was awful. I look great. normal now compared to that. You do. You wouldn't even tell. I know, but I'm still scared to put makeup on because yeah. the last time I tried and I didn't even like put, all I did was my eyebrows and I put lashes on. And I think the like makeup remover triggered my skin mm. again because it's not like fully, fully better. And I got worse again, like on my eyes, which is the worst place for it to Tea. be worse again. Yeah. Wait, did you say what the name of yours was? Oh, no, <laughs> I didn't. Mine is... The Snapchat murders. Gen Z who? <laughs> I mean, it doesn't majorly have... I mean, it does have something to do with Snapchat, but, like... When when I... Before I researched it, I was thinking, like, oh, is the killer, like, using Snapchat to track down his victims or something? Snapchat. Like, I don't know. That's where I was going. <laughs> Snapchat. Keep the snap maps off or else the Snapchat killer will get you. Why can I see that as like a... Should I write that story? 
I was going to say that's going to be like a really shitty story. I can do, I can Michael and Michelle it. Yes, do that. Some grammar. So before we start, we just want to say we mean absolutely no disrespect towards anyone that we're talking about. These are just cases that we've researched and compiled for everyone else to listen to. And yeah, also in particular for my case, it is a case about children or, you know, young teenagers. So be wary of that. Um, mine has a slight reference to suicide, but nothing major. I don't think anything else. Okay, cool. Right. Okay, sorry. Let's begin. Okay. So, today I'll be talking about the murders of Abigail Williams and Liberty German, more famously known as the Snapchat murders. This took place in February 2017 in Delphi, Indiana in the US. Delphi was described as a very like tight-knit community where everyone knew each other and it was the kind of place where you know you'd leave your doors unlocked and your kids would go out to play that kind of thing. Very safe, very Mm -hmm. close community but they never would have suspected what was about to happen to their neighborhood. No. It was the 13th of February 2017. Best friends Abigail Williams, known as Abby, and Liberty German, known as Libby, 13 and 14 years old respectively, had just had a sleepover the night before. The weather was very nice, nicer than it normally is at that time of year. So they wanted to take advantage of that and decided to go to a hiking trail and take pictures. At one thirty-five pm Kelsey, Libby's older sister, dropped them off at Monan High Bridge over the scenic Deer Creek, which was a hiking trail through the woods. She agreed to drop them off so long as they would be able to get a lift home from somebody else because she had plans later on. And from what I read, both of the girls' families agreed that this was fine and they agreed to be picked up at around 3pm. Cool. The girls began to enjoy their hike. They took loads of pictures. They were, you know, Snapchatting, as you do. Um, In fact, Libby posted a photo on Snapchat at 2.07pm of Abby walking along Bonin High Bridge, and she also saved a video of a man walking towards them. But Uh, we'll get more into that later. Ew. But also, I was looking at, like, pictures of this bridge... And from what I've seen, it's like a deserted bridge. Like, you're not really meant to use it. And it's, like, really rickety and unsafe. There's no railings or anything. It looks really dangerous. I don't know why that wasn't, like, closed. I don't even like going over normal bridges that are very safe to use. Honestly, you'll see in the pictures, but it it does not look safe in any way. At around 3.15, Libby's dad arrived to pick the girls up as they had agreed. The girls were not at the pickup point, so Libby's dad started to call her on her phone, but she didn't answer. So he tried calling a few more times, but she still didn't pick up. So he decided to, you know, get out of his car, go look around uh, in the area to see if he could see them. But there was no sign of them. At this point, he informed the rest of the family that he had no idea where they were and he couldn't get in contact with them. 
They all came to search the area as well. Uh, but again, this was to no avail. They couldn't find anything. So the police were informed that the girls were missing. At first, the police didn't suspect foul play in this case. They thought the girls were probably lost somewhere, you know, on the trail or in the woods. And yeah. worst case scenario, they thought was, you know, they were injured and they'd lost their yeah. phones and they couldn't get in contact with anyone or they couldn't find anyone to get help. Yeah, overall, they just thought they were missing, not that anything worse had happened. Mm hmm. So a huge search began. Most of the people in the town, as well as the police, were involved and helped look for the girls. However, at around midnight, due to how dark it was and how dangerous the terrain was, the search was called off until it was light again. Obviously, they suspected the girls could be injured and they didn't want any more injuries happening in the dark wilderness. Yeah, no, thank you. Mm. When the search resumed in the morning, people were still very hopeful that they would find the girls alive and well. And even Libby's sister carried snacks and blankets for the girls so that Aww. when she found them, they could, you know, have something to eat and That's warm so up. I know, but, but yeah. sadly, this never happened. On February 14th, 2017, around noon, the bodies of the girls were found about 0.5 miles east of Monan High Bridge on the north bank of Deer Creek. It was ruled that the cause of death for both girls was homicide. Oh. Oh no. On February 15th, during a press conference by the Indiana police, they not only confirmed the identities of the bodies, as Libby and Abby, but also released the photo of the man that Libby had saved on Snapchat. Mm-hmm. Remember that I mentioned previously. The photo shows a white male walking with both hands in his pockets. He's wearing loose blue jeans and a navy blue jacket and a hat. Like, I don't know how to describe the hat. At first, when I saw the picture, I thought it was just his hair. But I think it's kind of like a flat cap, like a farmer's kind of... Uh, yeah okay. it's said that in other pictures libby took during their hike this same man can be seen hiding behind oh, bushes or trees no. but this isn't confirmed this is just a rumor but that's if that terrible. is true that's horrible oh my god and if people made that up that is horrible as well uh if mm, if uh, if i if we went somewhere once again, and then we, we now can't go pictures. camping. Camping, we can't go hiking now. Like we were going to, definitely. We were oh yeah, to. definitely hiking. My favorite Um, if I took, if we, if we were anywhere, and I kept taking photos of us in a vlog on TikTok. Yeah, imagine see seeing like someone lurking in the background behind a bush. Uh, I'd poop my pants. Same. <laughs> Ew. Ugh, it's making me feel gross. <laughs> But regardless of whether that's true or not, why had Libby taken a video of this man? It's thought that she did it because the girls had felt that something wasn't right and that they could be in danger. Yeah. Before their passing, Libby had taken video and audio recordings of a male. Police speculated that the girls knew that something bad was going to happen, and so they tried to collect their own evidence to help in oh. case this became the reality. And they like, were big true crime fans. 
Um, so that mm. could have been a reason as to why they thought to do this. That's the thing, like when you're like you know that if you were in an Uber or something in a car with someone, you'd pull out a few strands of your hair and like tuck them away somewhere so people would find them. That's yeah. kind of the same vibe. That's so sad yeah, that they knew so to sad. do that. Mm-hmm. And it's sad that it's not been enough yet. Yeah. Well, we'll see. They also speculated that the man may have approached the girls or was following them very closely. The police wanted to talk to him, but they weren't considering him a suspect yet. But by February 19th, he did become the prime suspect on the case. Why would he not be the only suspect from the very... I don't know. That's what I thought was weird as well. I was like, there's a picture of a random man on this murdered girl's phone. And you don't think immediately, yeah, that must have been the guy. But What other reason would she have? Yeah, like who else would there have possibly been before that guy? Like surely the first person you think of is the always the prime suspect. Like, mm-hmm. and also I I don't believe this hiking trail was very like popular. Mm. So, yeah, there could have been many other people. But again, why why else would she be taking a picture of a random person? Yeah, and, and see later like, in like the videos, like. Ugh. It's horrible. On the 22nd of February, the police offered a $41,000 reward for anyone who came forward with information on the case that could lead to solving the murders. On this same day, they released the audio recording taken by Libby, which was of a man saying, Down the hill. <gasps> no! Mm. Oh, um, this is so scary. I'll insert the audio clip. It's believed from this that the man forced the girls to go down the hill, taking them under the bridge before killing them. The police were able to recover the audio and video from Libby's phone and released that, hoping it could help in identifying the man. It's unknown, however, how much more they were able to retrieve from Libby's phone, but they have mentioned additional evidence was found on it. Apparently, some of this evidence includes a recording of the girls discussing a creepy man following them on the bridge. Presumably the same man. So it's clear that they were very aware of what was happening. Yeah, and what can you do? why they recorded these. Like, on our hike trail, what what can you do except just keep going and try and make... I would have been texting people, maybe, but then maybe... I, exactly, that's what I'm thinking. Maybe there was no service or, you know. Don't want to make it look like you're panicking in that moment as well. Yeah, because like Snapchat, it's really easy to record and save because your thumb only has to go like that and then like that. Whereas mm. if you're texting someone, you've got to be like... It's a bit <laughs> obvious that you're texting. Yeah. Mm. As I mentioned before, Delphi was a very small community and only had a population of 3,000. It was a kind of place where everyone knows everyone, so speculation was growing and people were becoming suspicious of who could have committed this horrible crime. None of the residents felt safe as they had before. They didn't want to let their kids play outside anymore and their doors were now always locked. In fear of this murderer who hadn't been caught yet and was seemingly living in their community, 
blending mm-hmm. in as one of their own. The sheriff believes that the suspect has a connection to Delphi, either having lived there previously or still lives there. This is backed up by the fact that the hiking trail is not very well known and doesn't really attract outside visitors or tourists. And it seemed that whoever did this knew the trail and terrain very well. Yeah, I was going to say, is it somewhere that people like go to from out of town and stuff? Yeah, it's not. Uh, it's like a very local kind of spot. On to the suspects. Of course, as with all cases, the families were investigated, but none of them were considered as suspects. Good. And also the girls were found on the edge of the property of a 77-year-old man named Ron Logan. So in March 2017, the police had a search warrant for his property, and he said he was out at the time. I think it was said he was buying tropical fish at the time okay um but they concluded that he also was not a suspect it was just him and his tropical fish dude (laughs) he's just like look i was buying these fish look you see these fish tropical fish that's who i was buying on july 17th 2017 officers distributed a composite sketch of someone who at that time in the investigation was sought as a person of prime interest in the murders it had apparently been drawn by police from eyewitnesses to a certain hiker of the Delphi Historic Trails on the day that the girls vanished, and is believed by some to be the man in Libby's videos. He was described as a white male between 5'6 to 5'10, 180 to 220 pounds with reddish-brown hair, but his eye colour was unknown. On September 27, 2017, police in Colorado arrested a man named Daniel Nations for having an expired Indiana license plate, and they believed it could have been linked to the murders. The day after, the police announced Daniel Nations as a person of interest in the case. His wife, Caitlin Nations, couldn't remember the exact movements of her husband the day of the murder, but she was like very sure that he didn't have a car or any vehicle to get around. And although he did look very similar to the composite sketch, uh, his wife said that there was just no way she believed that it was him. And she said there were a lot of inconsistencies and things that didn't make sense for it to be him, such as the fact um, he didn't own a navy blue jacket and he didn't Um. wear hats like the one the suspect was wearing he only wore baseball caps that's a bit like wouldn't you if you were known to wear baseball caps then would you not wear that farmer's cap thing exactly like to throw people off since you're making no sense he doesn't wear that top maybe that's the top he wears when he does bad things yeah maybe you haven't seen him in that top that doesn't mean he doesn't own it or didn't ever own it I hate no offense. I do hate it when wives are like, you know, he could never. And it's like, mm-hmm. but he did. <laughs> when it comes out that he did, and it's like, oh, now you look stupid. However, Daniel's criminal history did make it seem possible criminal. to be him. He was a, a registered sex offender Fuck me. since 2007 after being convicted of indecent exposure after exposing himself in a car park and later flashing a mother and her child riding their bikes. Ew, dude. Very ill. What the I will f- never understand. Why would you do that? Ew. Very ill. Uh. Sir. 
But in 2018, the investigators actually took him off the suspect list and they claimed he was no longer a major concern to them, but they didn't ever give a reason why publicly as to why he was no longer a suspect, but they said he wasn't a suspect anymore, so I don't know. Hmm. On January 8th, 2019, 46-year-old Charles Eldridge was arrested during an undercover sting operation in Union City, Indiana. He went to meet what he thought was a 13-year-old girl, but Um. it was actually a setup by law enforcement and he was caught. Dickhead. Following his arrest, he was charged and the police noticed that he looked very similar to the man in the composite sketch, which raised some suspicion But by the end of January, he was released and the police claimed that they had uncovered no evidence to lead them to believe that he had any involvement in the murder. So Mm. there was no evidence to suggest other than the fact that he kind of looked like the composite sketch. On April 22nd, 2019, the Indiana State Police uh, announced that the case was moving in a new direction. What happened was, law enforcement released a very brief clip of the suspect walking up the bridge, and a new updated version of the 2017 audio where you can hear the male saying, guys, then a pause, down the hill. Many people believe that a gun was pulled after the word guys was said because the tone in his voice changed. And it kind of does make sense. Or yeah, Yeah. a weapon, something. When you hear it, he's like, guys, down the hill. Yeah, like... Like like he's looking at something or, you know, threatening them with something. But that's not been confirmed either. That's just speculation. People were also very shocked when the police uh, released a new sketch of the suspect. And this one looked nothing like the original. The new sketch showed a younger, clean-shaven man. The face was a representation of the person captured on Libby's phone. They said that both images were of suspects, but the new recent picture was the prime suspect. They said the man could be anywhere between 20 to 40, but they Mm. believed that he was somebody who appeared to be younger than his actual age. Okay. You know, quite baby-faced. Yeah. In July of 2019, a man named Paul Atteridge, 55, became the prime suspect, but he couldn't be questioned because he'd already passed away. So that's good. He passed away. However, Paul mostly resembled the first sketch, not the current one. So police dismissed him as a suspect as well. Um, So... The truth is, very little is known about what actually happened to Abby and Libby. Neither the FBI or the police have released the causes of death or the times of death to the public. Oh. Like, it's not public information, even though there were autopsies conducted. Um, Is it because they're minors? No, I think it's because they're hoping that if they do find any more suspects, the killer would know how, like, more specifically how they had died. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas um, they don't want to give anything away to the public, uh, just in case, you know, 
they can use it as leverage as something yeah. only the killer would know because they've released so many audio clips and video clips of this man is believed that somebody somewhere must know who this man is yeah especially in this community because he yeah. probably does have a link maybe he worked there in delphi or he was a family member of someone who lives there but yeah. people think that they're probably scared to come forward yeah but as of today there have been no arrests that's annoying yeah bless uh, them they thought they were helping their case and i know i hope it it wasn't in vain in the end and i'm they... sure someone's gonna come forward because if you hear an audio clip of someone saying that's a sentence it is quite one, but... like i don't know how to what the right word is um you'd be able to be like mm, that does sound like this person i mean that person. along with the pictures as well yeah surely because it's not just one or the other yeah but yeah that's my case that's an interesting one interesting to see like young kids like sadly knowing that they need to do something to help their case I if they weren't missing up there it's very clever, though, and very brave of them to do that. Yeah, because it could put you off in a worse situation if you are caught mm -hmm. doing something like that, especially if people do think he had a weapon. Yeah. That's a shame. I, I just hope that they find the guy. Yeah, I feel like because it's a small town, that should make it a bit easier because people know people, but if he's not actually living there... Like, because he could have been someone coming from somewhere else, just knowing. Yeah, it could have just been off, on the off chance that he was, you know, a yeah. hitchhiker passing through. Or I I did see some other sources talking about that he might have been, like, a serial. I didn't read too much into that, so I can't give you the details. If you want to look that up, then go mm -hmm. ahead, because I think there is more to this case. Um, yeah. But, and there's so many theories online as well. Even to the point that Libby's sister has actually, I think she made a YouTube video to debunk oh. a lot of the conspiracy theories about oh, wow. it. Because a lot of people were saying as well that her family were not being cooperative with the police, which is a lie. They really wanted it to be solved and, you know, yeah, get to the bottom of it. And people were trying to say that, you know, oh, they were hiding something or no, they know, like not cooperating. They could have easily not called the police then straight away. They could have waited exactly. till the morning and been like, we thought they'd make their way home. Mm -hmm. I think they called them at like 5.30ish. So it was literally two after they could yeah. have find them initially. Exactly. And People that, was, just and that time was spent searching themselves. Yeah. Like the dad's going to come and pick them up at three. He's not then going to raise alarm at half past three when they haven't turned up because that's yeah, a bit. Yeah, he's thinking, oh, they're probably just running a bit late. Like they're still, maybe they're still on yeah. the way here. You don't want to. doesn't automatically worry. go to that. Yeah, exactly. When exactly. a lot of the time there's more plausible explanations. No one's first thought straight away is to call the police or to call family and raise the alarm. Yeah. <sighs> but that was yeah. an interesting one. I just hope they fired that guy. I think it's interesting that there's two suspects now though. The one of the hiker yeah. 
and the one of the man in the video, but I think it must have been the man in the video. Especially if the yeah. thing of them saying a creepy man was following them is true. Got to be. But uh, again, why would they take a picture of a man if he wasn't following them or something? Yeah, yeah. There's no reason for that to be on her phone and saved yeah. specifically as well. Yeah. Anyway, moving on to your case. My turn. Woo! Wait, 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 wait. It's like, oh. Oh. Just another murder case. It gets a bit, um, it's a bit depressing when you think about it. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's very it's depressing, like, researching these all the time. It is, especially, like, when you do, like, the run-up to what's happening, because you know it's going to happen, but then you also feel mm-hmm. bad. Yeah. Like, looking at a case in its hold and, like, everything that the family has had to go through and stuff like that, it, yeah, I can't even imagine how horrible it is. It does, I see what people say when, when you, like, have an interest in true crime stuff, it does desensitise you to things, because, like, <laughs> I don't know, yeah, like, I would watch, like, loads of them, and because they're 20 minutes long, like, you could watch a load in a day if you're watching them while you're doing uni work, and, mm-hmm. like, it's like, a horrific murder, a serial killer, another horrific murder, child was murdered, and it's like, not that you don't, like, you don't feel bad about it anymore, but it's like, okay, get next used one. to hearing it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we're just very pessimistic. I think I'm definitely a pessimist. There's nothing optimistic about me. <laughs> Not a single thing. <laughs> I try to be optimistic. I don't know. I, I don't know what I am. Yeah. Depends on my mood. My case is the unsolved murder of Nanette Crentel. I think it's Crentel. If you see me reading, I'm, I'm reading. reading. You guys didn't see me reading, but I was reading too. You was reading. I'll have you know. Don't worry. I was watching her read. Okay. So this takes place in Louisiana. It's in a small town about 50 miles north of New Orleans. And it's where Nanette and Steve Crentel lived for about 17 years, give or take. They met in 1994 when Nanette applied for a job and got the job at one of Steve's shops. He owned a bunch of like really random, like completely different kind of stores, like like aquarium like submarine submarine what's the word aquarium aquarium like scuba diving stuff oh yeah scuba diving stuff and then i think something else was really random and then there was another random just he was businessman (laughs) many things anyway so she applied for a job at one of his shops and she got it at this time because men are trash steve was married and he kept the relationship between him and Nanette strictly professional. I don't think well, it, wasn't. <laughs> so it wasn't. There's a bit of... Some people think that he left his wife and then got with Nanette. He says that he divorced her and then got with Nanette. But a lot of people believe he was still married and didn't go through uh... the divorce process until he went to get married to Nanette. So a lot oh. of people believe that he lied to her and said, we're separated, I can now be with you. I mean, to be fair, though, either way, it was still bad because he was Trash. still interested in... Not his wife. Not his wife while he <laughs> was with his wife, because otherwise, why else would he have divorced her? He divorced exactly. her because yeah. he was interested in her, either way. No other, there was no other like reason as to why like nobody else said anything. So, yeah. 
he ended up leaving his wife. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't, um, and started dating Nanette. And not long after that, they got married. So Steve and Nanette's marriage lasted over 22 years, just about. Married for a decent amount of time from a man who was a cheater. Steve had a son with his previous wife, who was two years old when he got married to Nanette. His name was Justin. They shared custody between Steve and the ex-wife. Um, and it was said that Nanette tried her best to be a good stepmom and a good co-parent. I don't think there was any animosity between the two ladies or anything like that. There was nothing else. Of that. Okay? Cool. I'm yeah. in a mood. <laughs> So in 1997, Steve ended up closing down all of his businesses, all of his shops around where they live, and decided to start working for the local fire department, as you do. Very random change. There wasn't anything about their finances that made him do that. I just, he was like, He just got tired of it, maybe. Yeah, but he stuck at it there for a while because he ended up working his way up to be the fire chief, the big guy. The big fire Um, boy. Don't ever say that again. (laughs) fire boy oh my god um nanette was working at the local preschool at this time overall the whole time she was working there for about 14 years cute Hmm. in 2000 the two of them decided that they were going to build their own home it was in the middle of nowhere i will insert pictures it was surrounded by a ton of trees it was on a hundred acres of land it was bloody massive i don't like Um, that I don't if like you that. look at the picture, it looks really scary. I don't know. It's just there's one really long path in, and that is the only way to get in and out. And I, then they have, yeah, I really don't like that. Sir. And then they have gates at the entrance of the home, so it is secure. But, like, still, don't, don't do that. So Steve's cousin actually lived, like, not too far from them. You could, in the photo I'll mark it, you could see his house through the trees like a less than a minute walk across oh okay that's not that bad then quite close but that was the only for the whole way it was just them two um it was far away from everything you needed a car to get anywhere anywhere walk on the 14th of july in 2017 it was a normal morning until it wasn't (laughs) until i was waiting for you to say that lynette woke up she packed steve his lunch because the man can't pack his own lunch no. Um, and she walks him outside. They say his goodbyes. She w- watches him drive away to work. Um, he's that's it. Imagine, imagine that being that like dedicated of a wife. Do so you go outside to wave him goodbye? Like just go out on your own. <laughs> How old is this man? <laughs> to babysit him to make sure he can get in his car. Um. So his his shift started at eight a.m. and all of his coworkers say he was there at eight a.m. Definitely was there around two thirty in the afternoon. Steve gets a call from his cousin, the cousin that lives next to him. He tells him his house is on fire. Oh, he said, "Dude, your house is on." Dude, fire. your house is very on fire, and you're the fire chief, so I think you're the best person to well, deal with that. Steve said to him, "Steve said to him, you're pulling my leg," and he said, "No, dude." Your house is on fire. And they Bloody had a joke. conversation. He was like, no, it isn't. He was like, I'm looking at your house. It is I on fire. I see it. It is very much on fire right now. There are fireballs on the house. It was bad. So he... Imagine someone was... telling you your house is on fire and you not believing so it. 
<laughs> and spending that much time arguing about it. And I'm not, even if it's not real, I'm not taking any chances. You're the fire chief. I know. Imagine if he answered every call. Oh, my house is on fire. Can you come help? No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> You're lying. Oh, You're having me on Okay. So, <laughs> so him and the whole fire department, they drove to his home. He said on the way there, he was calling Nanette's cell phone and the house phone, but both of them were going straight to voicemail. No answer. They melted in the fire. So I have I was I wasn't going to mention this, but now I'm I'm going to. He was praying the whole time that his cousin was being thick and not realizing that the trees surrounding the house were on fire and not the house. No, sir. The That's house still bad. It's still bad, but I think he hoped that nothing he built this house, I suppose, and his wife is probably in there. Yeah. But the house he was trying to like come up with something to make it not as bad the house engulfed and when i say engulfed swallowed fire everywhere the whole thing you can't see the house it is a ball of flame it's the biggest house fire ever so biggest house fire ever confirmed i've said so so steve said that when he was also getting there he was hoping that his wife was out she had no reason to be out, but he was hoping that she wasn't there, obviously. But then when he got there, he looked at the garage that was engulfed in flames and the cars were still in there. And obviously the cars were the only way you could get out and she wasn't standing around the house and stuff. She would have been outside. So, yeah, the firefighters, they unfortunately find Nanette's body in the master bathroom burnt to smithereens. She was on fire. And her small dog. Oh, no. Nanette was 49 years old. So the police and firefighters start to assess the scene. Um, and Steve is now ringing Nanette's family to say what has happened. So he said, he told Nanette's father that he thought Nanette had run into the burning house to try and get all the pets out. Um, mm-hmm. And then was overcome with smoke. But the family were like, no. She is the wife of the fire chief. She would she know not, how to to, not to do that, but also to get out of a fire. Yeah, they were like, no. And she probably would have got them out in the first place. That's the thing, because she would have, pets are always with you. Yeah, she wouldn't go, right. she wouldn't go out and then back in. Yeah. She would have gone around the house to get them, them before yeah. she left. Exactly. So normally when there's a, a house fire like this, um, the scene would be closed off until a thorough search was done. And that would take a few days, maybe even a few weeks. Um, Mm -hmm. But they ended up releasing the property back to Steve two days after the fire. Once again, the police are tracked. Mm -hmm. As always. So Nanette's family and Steve, they walked around the property just to try and see if they could find anything that hadn't been burnt. I'm going to show you a picture and put the picture up. Not a single thing was left of the house. No walls. No roof, no walls. It is a flat That's piece of awful. land. You wouldn't have known a house was ever there. The house, wow. everything was gone. It's the worst I've ever seen of what happened in a fire before. It's awful. So um, that makes you think like, oh, deliberate fire because how can everything be so burnt? Exactly. 
On the 21st of June in 2017, Steve holds a memorial for Nanette at the preschool she worked for, which is fitting. She worked there for 14 years. And at the same time as the memorial, the coroner comes out with a statement um, as to what happened to her, what her cause of death was. Everybody assumed it was just going to be like smoke inhalation. Inhalation, burning. Or she on fire. Yeah. Um, nay, nay. Oh. She died of a single gunshot wound to the head. Oh. And everybody's at the memorial like, oh, fuck. This is a different type of memorial. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. So, five days after the fire, the police now return to the scene and start a formal investigation because this is now a murder investigation. Mm-hmm. In those five days, Steve and his family had cleaned up a lot of debris. And I'll show like side by side photos. It, they cleaned up so much. It looks like a completely different place. So mm-hmm. what could have been important to the police has now probably been cleaned up. Yeah. Um, during the investigation, the police were actually able to recover several guns at home, but a lot of them were like heavily burnt from the fire. They actually collected about 30 guns they had in the house. Jesus, that's a lot. That's a lot of guns. I know they're American, but geez. Geez. So when Steve was questioned about how many guns they had, he said that he and Annette collected guns um, and that they were both experienced shooters. Do you know why you can't be experienced with just like maybe two each or something? I don't know. (laughs) Fair enough. Um, So during the search, they were able to find six guns in the debris. So they went and tested them against the bullet found in her head. Um, but they didn't match any of the guns that they found. But this doesn't necessarily mean these weren't the guns that were used to shoot her because they were so badly burnt. There would have been yeah, no way to know. Them might have been. Yeah. Um, they could never have made a match. So, yeah, her body was found on the master bathroom floor and there was a gun found fairly close to where she was found. So mm, with this information, makes- the police were very quick to say it was a suicide and close it. Says. How would the um, house be on fire afterwards, coincidentally? Well, peep, so their idea was some people, this really isn't a common occurrence, but some people, when they take pills to commit suicide, they then start a fire just to make sure that they definitely will pass away. I've it's never not, heard of that. <laughs> it's not common at all, and it's usually done by, like, older people. I don't know. Yeah. Really, and also... Uh, she didn't take pills she was shooting herself so how- you're definitely gonna do something yeah, to yourself you know that you're gonna die if you shoot yeah. yourself in the head exactly but the coroner basically wanted to look for any signs of smoke in or soot in her lungs and her throat so this would determine if she was alive when the fire started mm-hmm. so if you're already dead you can't start a fire correct yeah also if you're recently dead to the point where you're dead, but things are like circulating. And yeah. Things happening to you. You would still get like microscopic parts of soot in your throat, at least. Mm-hmm. You'd always get something in there. Yeah. He found nothing. So she'd been dead like. She'd been well dead. Very dead. Very um, dead. So because her body was so badly burned, there was no way for them to do like a rape test kit or uh, to find any signs of a struggle or an attack um mm-hmm. they had almost nothing to go off of 
at the crime scene, they did find signs of gasoline that were used to accelerate the fire. Wow, surprise. Not surprise. Then, so it was poured around the living room and the master bedroom. Keep mm. that in mind. So two investigators, they obviously know that this fire was set deliberately and they found a DVR. Shout What's out to DVRs. Um, like the DVD player for tapes. Oh, oh okay. We're young. While they were searching the master bedroom and it was buried in debris. And inside their home, there was a huge monitor set up and they had a ton of security cameras inside, outside, on the perimeter, everywhere. And they were like, we've now got footage of what's happened. All of this was being recorded and saved to the DVR. DVR's dead. Oh, so they have nothing. The DVR had gasoline on it. And the DVR, so someone would have had to know where the DVR was and to know what the DVR had on it. Yeah, and to know that they even had cameras that were connected to the DVR. Exactly that. Yeah, they were thinking that it caught the stuff on the fire, but there was nothing. The gasoline absolutely destroyed the thing. Um, They sent it to the FBI, though, just in case they could retrieve any footage, but they didn't have, they couldn't find anything. So investigators are now thinking this is someone who knows the layout of the home, what the DVR is for, what the DVR does, and why they had to destroy it. So they questioned Steve. (laughs) And Steve was like, he literally, like, they walked up to him and he was like, I know, I'm the fire chief. This isn't looking good for me because it's a deliberate fire. They said the fire was very well set. Yeah. Complimenting the person. It was almost, like, yeah. I know what you mean, fire. though. Like, it's a good if, fire. If you're going to destroy evidence, a fire chief would know how to set a yeah. good fire. Exactly. Um, but Steve stood by the fact that it was not him. So the investigators did some digging on Steve. Mm. And Steve was having an affair. (laughs) Oh, no. It was a lady that he worked with. Um, Why does it keep being a lady he works with or works for him? You need to stop working. (laughs) He needs to stop. Uh, Someone give him a pension and go. Answer retirement. Please leave. We don't know how, but. Nanette did know that he was having an affair. Um, and she was she there was this friend that she was constantly emailing, almost like a diary entry. Mm-hmm. Um and she told her friend that she was gonna confront him and leave him. And so investigators are thinking maybe Steve killed her before she got the chance to file for divorce and get half of everything he had. Yeah. Um so all this, all the signs were pointing to Steve. Yeah, it's not looking good for Steve at all. She was like, sorry, but it isn't me. She knew I was having an affair. We were just having a difficult part of our marriage. We were, he said, that they were probably going to separate, but they were also going to try and work it through, which are two different answers in the same sentence, Steve. Yeah. And also, like, if she's saying she wants to leave him, then you're not going to work it out. Oh, yeah, no, she knew, like, it was all right, though. Like, I'll never understand people who are like, oh, yeah, they're accepting that I'm having an affair. I'm like, who would be accepting that the person they're married to is having an affair? It's giving me very Scott Peterson vibes, this guy. (laughs) So the news is reporting on this, and they're basically blaming it on Steve. So everyone in the community thinks it's Steve. 
So he wants to clear his name and he takes a polygraph test with no attorney present and he passes, which means f*** yeah, me. it doesn't mean anything. You can literally train yourself to pass polygraph tests. That doesn't yeah. mean anything. So the major thing with investigators was he has a solid alibi. Everybody saw him get to work at eight. He didn't leave until he got the phone call from his cousin to say there was a fire. So they ruled him I out. I think it was his cousin. Don't jump ahead. I've been thinking. Stop. I told you, you can take your thinking cap off sometimes. Let me have my thoughts. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so Steve isn't fully eliminated, but they, like, don't look into him any further. Um, the night before the fire, Nanette and her good friend, the one that she emails, were chatting on Facebook. And her friend said that the conversation, like, abruptly stopped. Like, they were mid-flow in a conversation and she just never came back to her. She never said goodbye, never said I have to go do something. Uh-huh. Abruptly stopped. And investigators are like, do we know she was alive that morning? Me thinking thoughts. You Me hold them. Many thoughts. You hold them thoughts. No, can I, can I say them? And then okay. Okay. let's see if it matches up to what the story is. Okay. Okay, so... Steve killed her the night before and then so he'd have an alibi he was like yeah I'm gonna go to work but he asked his cousin to set the house on fire so so they work together kind of thing good thought but he actually shot her cool thought I'll continue okay yes there's no physical evidence that Nanette was alive the day of the fire other than it's hard to tell when she died exactly other than Steve saying that she packed his lunch and watched him drive off to work. So they start looking into her bank statements and stuff, hoping that she made some purchases that morning, and she did. There was a $7 bill on her bank statement um, that she made at McDonald's at 10 a.m. So they were like, we're going to go check that McDonald's and check the security cameras to see if it was her. That seems weird. Right. $7. You've got to be really... How do you spend that little? Like $7 exactly. How do you do that? I don't know. And I don't know what up. McDonald's pricing is like in America. Oh, yeah. That's true. Um, yeah, so they go and get the video. And the video footage is awful. They said you really can't even make out if it's a man or a woman. It's that bad. They really cannot tell who the hell it is. Um, oh. they, the sheriff, however, is like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's her. This guy's trash. Oh He's God. like, yeah, no, that's definitely her, but we're not going to show you the footage um, because this is an ongoing investigation and we don't want to compromise the case. Could you not? Also, his reasoning was that because it was a drive through they didn't want to get the license plates of the cars behind and in front of her. Just, just a screenshot. Them. Just a screenshot and crop into her face is all we need. Yeah, or just blur it. This They've isn't like ever... the 70s. Yeah. You have the capabilities to blur a few seconds of a video. Yeah. So no, he's never, they've never released that video, so nobody can really say for sure if it's her or not. So with this, the sheriff now believes that she was alive that morning, so they've completely cleared Steve. He's no mm-hmm. longer They go and check her emails, hoping that it will lead her somewhere, but her friend, the friend that she always emails, came and said, these emails might be interesting to you. And it's about Nanette stating her fear for her stepson, Justin. She would say in these emails how dangerous he was. She would tell her friend that she did not want to be alone with him. She was afraid of him. She did not feel safe around him. Nanette thought Justin had a bad temper and she was really scared of what he'd be capable of. 
when he turned 18, he started to buy loads of guns, which is when she became so totally, un- like, so afraid of him. But you can't do anything because he's 18. He can legally buy those guns. Yeah. Why? I don't know. Sounds um, crazy to me. So when Annette told Steve all of her feelings, he told Justin that he's not allowed in the house anymore, which really pissed Justin off. He moved out after a massive fight between Annette and Justin. He moved out. This was about a year before her death, and he got married. In interviews with Steve, he keeps saying that they had the Nanette and Justin had the best relationship ever. He says the complete and total opposite of what Nanette has always said. That's weird. So investigators start looking into Justin's whereabouts on the day of her death, and they see that he was working in Virginia during the time of the fire. So he has a solid yeah. alibi. Was well, not Justin. So now, every time it like starts to look like they're getting somewhere mm-hmm. with it, and then it's like no. like no. Now they have a person of interest. This is Steve's brother, whose name is Brian. He's been arrested thirty-six times. That's a lot of and times. Included various assaults. Brian hated Nanette. <laughs> Putting it lightly, <laughs> it all stemmed from twenty fifteen. Brian had called Steve one night, really late at night, saying if he could come and help, he's driven his car into a ditch. He just needs someone to pull him out. Yeah. Um, so Steve and Annette go over to where Brian was at and they were trying to pull him out because obviously he's got like a, a truck. You could pull someone out. They could yeah. not get him out of the ditch. And a state police officer drove past them, pulled over because he saw people needed help. And the police ends up finding drugs in Brian's car. Brian mm. was on parole at that time. Oh, that's not good. So he was arrested and taken in. So now Brian is pissed at Nanette and Steve because he believed it was their fault he got arrested because they should have gotten there faster and he wouldn't have been arrested. Not that he had drugs in his car. So he's just stupid, basically. I thought like she would have said something to him that just rubbed him the wrong way or something, but he's literally just mad at nothing. It's his own fault. If he was annoyed at them, I would have been annoyed maybe that they didn't manage to pull him out. But he's annoyed yeah. that they didn't get there quick enough. He's annoyed that he got caught for having drugs in his car. Correct. Because he got his own car stuck in a ditch. Correct. And they he were was... nice enough to go and help him. And why do you think he got his car stuck in a ditch? Because he was on drugs. He was drunk. Oh, well. This was his fourth driving while intoxicated charge. Or driving under the influence. Hey, love that. So Brian, instead of being just annoyed at both of them, he's just really annoyed at Nanette for no reason. He just reason. wanted a reason to be mad Not at her. Like. Yeah. So he used to write her letters from jail. In one letter he wrote to her, he was threatening to rape her and then kill Steve and then burn down their house. Oh. Oh. That's... Oh. oh. And that he said that he would burn the house down so bad that it would be on the news. In September of 2016, he was released due to good behavior. Uh-oh. Good behavior. What yeah, this man's behavior. a serial offender. <laughs> How can you... Six offenses for... Exactly. That's the kind of person right. that you keep in for their full sentence because you know they're going to re-offend. Totally. So he ended up serving the rest of his sentence on house arrest at his parents' house, which was 15 miles away from Steve and Linnets. Mm. So, here we go. When word got out that Brian was released, Nanette was on high alert. So she was, like, talking to Steve. She was really worried. The whole time, 
Steve is constantly telling her that she's overreacting. There's nothing to worry about. This man was gaslighting her so bad, telling her she's overreacting. Nothing's going to happen. Um, have you seen anything. how crazy this man is? Also, it's not like he only threatened her. He was going to kill Steve. So. Yeah. Anyway, so... Like, I know Brian it's his brother, but still. still. Like, if someone's mm. angry enough at you over nothing to send you letters from prison threatening mm. to kill you and burn your house yeah. down, which is, like... Awful. Yeah. I would be scared. Yeah. So, when Brian is on house arrest, he has to wear the ankle bracelet. Mm-hmm. This ankle bracelet would track both his location and his alcohol levels because he likes to drive while he's drunk. Yeah. Um, How can you track your alcohol levels? I don't know. What? Don't Does it have know. a little bit that's like inserted inside? I was going to say, blood? they must have something. That's crazy if that is it's a thing. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this made both of them feel a bit safer. And also, the parole officer told them that. There was a geofence around their property. So if he came within a thousand feet of their home, an alarm would sound from the bracelet, which would also do alarm them. to the police, and they'd come straight away. So basically nowhere he could ever come anywhere near their house. Mm-hmm. Um, a few months before Nanette's death, she found a cigarette butt on the walkway to the front door. She knows somebody's been there. None of them smoke. Yeah. And... It's also in a, such a secluded area that you can't just be walking along to their house. Yeah. Oh, I don't like that. She's getting so nervous. And then suddenly, she sees a man down the pathway. He's just standing behind her bins, staring at her. Oh, I don't and like that. It's him, isn't it? It's like creepy pasta. But because it's us, when you see the photo of the house, you'll know it's quite far away. So she yeah. couldn't make out who it was, but she did snap a picture and sent it to her dad saying there's a creepy man and I'll send you the photo. But all you can see is just below the top of his arm and like mm-hmm. down to his ankles. He's wearing red top and blue jeans. But So she tells Steve about this guy um, and the cigarette butt and he's going, it was probably the UPS driver or the postman or like someone. Why would someone... he just be standing there like that? Exactly. So then Steve's like, okay, you're overreacting, but you know what? I'll check the cameras. And she's like, yeah, do that. Yeah, you do that and then you'll see I'm not crazy. Coincidentally, the cameras weren't working that day. That's weird. So they call the repair guy out to fix the cameras. And he says, the cameras aren't the problem. Somebody's turned them off. There's no problem with the camera. Oh. Mm. So after Nanette's death, this is the scariest thing. This actually gave me the chills when I read this. Steve finds out later after her death that Brian's ankle bracelet was never activated. The only part that was activated was the alcohol detector. Oh, my God. He could have been... He could have been um, anywhere. They had no idea where he was. It it had to be him. Right? Well, now they start looking into him as a suspect, but he had an absolutely solid alibi because... Steve put the same cameras they have in their house into his parents' house, which is where Brian was doing his house arrest. So Steve was like, I'm going to check where, if you were at home during the time of the fire. Mm. And he was. He didn't leave the house. The family of Nanette said, send that footage to the FBI so we can check to see if it was tampered with. 
um, which the FBI said that they had not had the chance to verify it, but they will look into it. But nobody ever heard back about that. So, so it could have been tampered with. It could have been tampered with. It could have been him. But to them, they've written him off. So currently, that's where Nanette's murder stands and is unsolved. The cousin, as you brought that One up. One lived next door, yeah. Was out on a work business trip, also in Virginia. In the, not in Virginia, sorry. It was, he was out on a work trip in the morning, came back, and then rang to say the house uh, okay. Because obviously... The like house when he came door. back, he saw it was already on fire. Because the house was already starting to be on fire, he would have rang like then, rather than like when it was on fire. On fire. Yeah. You know I mean? So he wasn't in all day, and they have proof of that, because it was never mentioned that he was at any point a suspect. Okay. So, some people believe that she did commit suicide, but when the police searched the scene around her, there was like hardly any blood found near her, because oh. when you bleed, and there's also a fire in the same room, the blood almost gets like burn into the floor oh yeah it stays there it doesn't ever disappear so Mm -hmm. the blood that was there when the house had finished being on fire was still there and there was not a lot of blood if you've been shot in the head you bleed a lot yeah so so they think it was cleaned well people think that she was killed somewhere else in the house and then moved to that location and why do you think the living room was for some reason like, oh, a hot spot for the gasoline. Mm, that's so true. Um, also, people believe that Steve was involved. Um, he's the fire chief. The fire in the house seemed to be well done. There was nothing left in the house at all. And the DVR was heavily burned, um, uh, meaning that somebody had to be familiar with where it was located. And the fact that the cameras weren't working when it was needed to. Um, and the affair, he could have potentially lost everything. The only thing they don't have on Steve is that many people know that he was at work the next day, but what happened the night before? Yeah. So, yeah. And I've got Mm -hmm. um, a number that I'm going to put on the screen and in the description of if you have any information. I don't know if you could, but just to ring up and tell people, but I doubt anyone Mm -hmm. over here is going to have anything. (laughs) Who knows? That's so... Oh, my God. That's mad. That is such a baffling case. Because it's like, oh, it's Brian, it's Brian, it's Steve. And it's like, oh, oh, it's Steve, it's Steve, it's not Steve. (laughs) Oh, it's the other one, no, it's not. I really do think it was Brian. That's the brother, right? Yeah, because he said he was going to rape her, kill Steve, and set the house on fire. They couldn't do a rape test kit or show any signs of attack, so he could have done that, we don't know. Yeah. Steve wasn't he probably, home. yeah, Steve wasn't so home. Was like, if Steve had been home, maybe he would have. Yes. Yeah, like, all of his anger did seem to be directed at Nanette at anyway. He's like, well, I'm here. Might as well kill you too. And then he, he said he was going to set the house on fire. He did. Plus that whole situation of someone standing right there. It's creepy, man. That's very like, creepy. And like, he wasn't even trying to hide. He was like just standing right there. Like, mm. kind of as if to be like, I'm here not to do anything. I'm just here to let you know that I can be here. Yeah. It's like, it like a threat. Yeah. Also, I think he was probably doing it to see how far he could get with the bracelet on because he didn't yeah, know that it was see... mm. So it was like, how far can I get and still do stuff to them, I guess. True. It was like testing the waters. 
Yeah, because I don't think he would have given a shit if the alarm had gone off. This well, guy's probably not. He's been arrested thirty six. He'd times. been like, oh, I just wanted to go see my brother. I was going for a walk. Yeah. Or I'm going to see my cousin. He lives yeah, next door. Yeah, he lives next door. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I definitely don't think it was a suicide in the slightest. Although, like the way the way that they all have alibis and stuff makes me feel like it wasn't just one of them. Yeah. Like maybe like I don't know which ones. I'm thinking probably Steve and Brian. Brian, yeah, work together. The the cameras being turned off. Mm. I think Steve like the Brian was like I'm gonna come over and scare her. He turned the cameras off, so he did. Yeah. Um, and then also um, because they had the same camera system, they would know how to tamper with it. Exactly. Because they know how it works. And also the gaslighting and telling her she's overreacting constantly. Yeah, that's and the whole affair thing. He probably saw it as a good opportunity. He was like, "Yeah, sure." Yeah, I just think I still think he probably shot her. And then the fire was. Brian. She confronted him about the affair, um, and then he got angry. He got angry because they seem to have guns in like three in every fucking room, <laughs> at least. It's really interesting because. It seems so simple, yet so tricky. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really, that's annoying really me. Annoying. That's the, not that they don't all annoy me, but this one's really getting under my skin. Yeah. Because it's just like, ugh. Because they, all of them make so much sense. Yeah. And it wouldn't have been anyone random because they didn't know the DVR thing. You can rule out a stranger. Yeah, exactly. You can rule out a str- Yeah, so easily had to be someone close. And unless the thought of her husband having an affair and the gaslighting and being so afraid of Brian made her want to kill herself, but she couldn't have set the fire. Exactly. I don't think she killed herself. There's no possibility that she Plus set the, the whole fire. thing of her so abruptly stopping replying to her so, friend. And she never picked it up. Yeah. In the morning or whenever. And the yeah. McDonald's thing. That's weird. Why won't they show the footage? I think that sheriff just wanted it tucked under. Because, you know, like in America, I don't know if this is real, but, like, the the sheriff and the fire, and the fire chief, chief are friends. like, best mates. They run the show. Yeah, that's and, what I was thinking as well. And the guy seemed really cute. sketchy. Every time he was, every press conference that followed, they wanted an update on. He would always smirk when he was talking about the case. Oh, I don't like that. He was really always, like... Acting like it was a real. I don't like, like sheriffs. Time. Sheriffs always seem to be like really cocky and not, weird. Not Swan. <laughs> not Billy Burke. Oh my god. I know. Yeah, he mm. just. This seems a lot more complicated. Probably. The more you think about it, the more it's like, and the fact that Steve was so ready. There's more layers to it. Like Steve was like before he even got questioned, he was like, "These are the reasons why you would think it's me." But it's not. Yeah, it's like he prepared for it. Yeah. How can you prepare for this kind of thing when, how can you possibly think that's going to happen unless you know? I know it's really easy when someone says, oh, we think you did something. And it's like you saying, I completely understand where you're coming from, but it's not me. But you would never. Also, that is your wife. Yeah. Like, even if you were having an affair, how can you so calmly respond? Rather than being... Like, can like, you be emotional still? 
rather than I being like, know. I really need to clear my name and I'm going to do all of this to clear my name, would you not be like to the police? Would you fucking solve this, please? Yeah. I mean, like, and obviously I would want to clear my name if I was being suspected, yeah. like, I would be panicking, but I, I don't... I personally think, if it was me, I don't think I could so soon give such a... don't know how to explain it, like, not an emotionally charged answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah, it's especially the f fire. I don't know, is he that stupid to start a fire when he's the fire chief? Who would know? That's how why I think somebody else did the fire, but like he told them how to do it. He was like, fine. He's like, this is fire. how it's going to work. Best. Yeah, this fire like this. this. Also, remember to. Everything. Yeah, also remember to pour gasoline where you killed her and on the DVR and stuff like that. Because mm -hmm. he had to be the, the DVR only is there. He had to be the only person who knew about the DVR. Mm -hmm. Cause in Apart from Nanette, but again, I don't think it was her. But in like 2017, who the fuck has a DVR? That's so true. Were there not... The, people had security cameras anyway in 2017. I forgot I'm about thinking, that. I'm that, thinking... I didn't... Ring doorbell. Wouldn't linked to your computer? You linked at least to your computer, but even like was ring doorbells out then because you have it all on your Probably. phone in the iCloud. Yeah. So it's just on your phone. I can turn mine off to stop recording, like, Whenever. in one click. Yeah. So, like, why was it a DVR? I don't know. That's very weird. You'd have to be hard-pressed. I tried to buy a VHS player um, because we have tapes that we want to watch. And yeah. they're nowhere. Even on eBay, they're nowhere. I thought they'd be Really? eBay. Yeah. Like that. They're, it's Ooh. like Facebook Marketplace said a few, like, one without a remote or there's no cover on it. Or, oh. like... There's no like, I don't just know, a normal one. I just gave up, but you'd be hard pressed to have one for that long. He would have had it since forever because he wouldn't have bought it, I guess. Yeah, so, that's it, so weird as well. I didn't even consider that. Who in wow. 2017 owns a DVR? Literally, hmm, hmm, much to think about. Well, let us know what you guys think because I'm very intrigued about that case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to see what everyone else thinks. And I think we're going to leave it there for this episode. Thank you very much for listening or watching. I hope you've enjoyed perceiving Eleanor. Hopefully you guys can <laughs> see me next week too. I will no longer be a sun-dried tomato by then. Hopefully. Oh, yeah. oh my God, if I still am, <laughs> I will die. <laughs> oh, okay. No, I won't actually die, but you know. I'll be very upset. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe, like, comment, share with your friends. And thanks to all our Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts uh, listeners. If you can add to your library, we would really appreciate that. Follow us on Twitter and TikTok at We Not Sisters. TikTok has two S's on the end. There's some good stuff there. There is. I'm, I'm very active on the TikTok now. Well, when I say we, Ellen is very active <laughs> on TikTok now. And an update from last week, we said, when is the trailer going to hit 100 views? Is that 100? It did. It's Thanks so much. Thank you so, Thank so you. much. We're going to celebrate at the pub on Sunday. <laughs> That's it from us, though. Thank you for listening and bye.